You're listening to the Embrace Family Recovery Podcast, a place for real conversations with people who love someone with the disease of addiction. Now here is your host, Margaret Swift Thompson. Welcome back. So I'm really excited today to introduce you to my first couple. The people I chose were a no-brainer, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. A couple, they are parents, who found their own recovery through the family program at Hazel and Betty Ford many years ago when their son went through treatment. They also strongly encouraged their other family members as a whole to get educated about this disease. Let's start our conversation. The Embrace Family Recovery Podcast. So one of the things I start every session with is wetting our whistle, you know, making it easier to talk. So I don't know if you have anything around. Water. Water. Perfect. So I am really excited to have you both with. You are my first couple to come on the show, but I want to introduce my listeners to you. Um, Tom and Barb are with me today, and you are a couple that I have known. Now, you're going to have to help me with the math. How many years ago did we meet? 2011. 10. 10 in February. 10 years ago in February. How did you find your way into your own recovery? Well, I think it was through the uh, family program at Hazleton, and, and the most influential person for us in that whole program was you. And, um, which is, which is why we've stayed connected for 10 years, you know, but I would say that's not just for us, but for our family too, for our other kids. Yes. Because we sent all of our kids to the family program after we attended because it was so helpful, insightful for us. Um, we went there really blind. I mean, we were really two blind people not knowing. We went there as really good enablers. And, and, and professional enablers, actually. Whenever I see anybody, I say, oh, yeah, I, I've been you. <laughs> yeah. So I find it really interesting and wonderful that you chose to send your whole family. Because we know the dynamics within the family for each player in the family can be very different around this illness. The person who had the illness that led you to treatment to begin with was your son, Barb, correct? Correct. And you're a blended family. So how many children are there? Uh, Tom and I have three children. And I had Eric. I I came with Eric to yeah, our marriage. But- we've raised Eric since he was four. So we, we have four kids. Yes. I mean, <laughs> we don't look at ourselves as a blended family, even though technically yeah. we yeah. are. Um, Eric's biological father was never in his life. Yeah. So we never dealt with that. It was always uh, yeah. just us. You were the unit. Yep. And when we got married, Eric was four and three months after we got married, we got pregnant, and then they just kept coming until we stopped at four. And okay. <laughs> that's enough. 
So your your firstborn is the one who has the illness. Was anyone else in either of your families historically affected by addiction, or was this the first exposure to to it for you? Oh no, my dad was an alcoholic. I had uncles who were alcoholics. No, I I had been around alcoholism in in my life. In, in my family, um, my mother's side of the family, no. My father's side of the family, um, my father didn't drink on purpose. Why on purpose? I'm not sure. He died when I was 16. But I, my belief has been that it was because my grandfather had a problem. And there was probably some issue with abuse. And my father ended up being the policeman there. And so he just chose not to to drink um, at all. My brother was uh, a very, is, uh, he's 23 years sober, but he was a very serious, serious addict. Mm-hmm. At what age were you when he got sober or into recovery? My brother? Yeah. Uh, yeah, which time, right? Which the time? final time, <laughs> I guess. The final time. So do the math. I, I was like 41. Okay. When he... When he finally got uh, sober. So even though you came to the family program for your son, uh, ended up coming for yourself, your journey inward, you shared feeling blind, which I hear a lot from family members coming in. And even though it's out there in the family, some in secret, some in very open, some very much affecting you, possibly your dad and your brothers, because they're close. What makes it different, do you think, when you come in with your child? Oh, that's so that's very personal for me. I mean, it was what could I have done better? What did I do wrong? How can I fix this? Why does it take so long to fix this? Um, can't cause, can't cure. <laughs> yeah, right? well, those those were the three most beautiful words that were ever spoken to me because I I felt amazingly responsible for everything that was going wrong. And do you think, Barb, that that came from the interactions with your son and some of the diseases, ugliness that it creates in a relationship? Or was that just innate in you? It might have been a little bit of both of those things. He and I worked together. Mm -hmm. So we were together a lot. He had two children. He was going through a nasty divorce. Um, Tom and I were essentially living apart because he was traveling all the time. And so I think I was, uh, trying to fix every problem that Eric had. So, you know, is that motherly? (laughs) Maybe (laughs) I don't, I don't, you know, yes and no, but I, I also know there were people around me who said, can't you see what's happening here? And I just got mad at them. So, right. And thank you for sharing that Barb, because I think that is a very common response when people do try to point it out to us and we're living in it, that, that instinct to protect comes out. Yeah. We were in New Jersey. So you were gone away from him for three years. We were in New Jersey for half of 08 all of 09, 10, 
in the beginning months of 11. And so we're really away. Before. Which was probably the healthiest thing that happened because I was so much more open to it when, I mean, his, his daughter is the one who facilitated. She was nine years old. She called me up and she said, grandma, my dad uses drugs, he uses pot, I think she said, every day. And he's always crabby. And I need help. That's amazing. It, 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 was, it was amazing. And That was on a Thursday. We had a meeting on Saturday with the family. We had an intervention on Sunday. We hired a, a person to help us with the intervention. And that person took... Eric, right to Hazleton, right from our, right from our kitchen. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Can you relate to what you're hearing? Never miss a show by hitting the subscribe button. Now back to the show. So I want to just go back to what you said about your granddaughter reaching out to you. I have often told grandparents and extended family members the vitality of your relationship with the children can make a huge difference, meaning to be consistent and safe for them to find and reach out to, to have an open relationship, to know that grandma and grandpa are going to be there for me if I need them, they will reach out when they need help. That's important. Yeah. And at the time, um, it was probably the life-saving gesture of of Eric's world. And I think it really was his, even though his children were too young to be part of the intervention, they, they wrote things that we, we, I mean, they said things that we wrote and they were also the catalyst that shoved him over the edge. Yeah. Otherwise he's going to lose him. He's going to lose everything, including them. Yeah. He'd already lost most things, but he was going to lose them too. So you know, that, that was, the, I think, the piece that pushed him over. But now, 10 years later, when you ask him, you know, as we talked about before we got on the call here is, you know, because Barb asked him point blank, he, you know, have you thought about you? This was after his oldest son died. Have you thought about using, you know, drugs or alcohol? And he said, no. We said, I... I I was in a horrible place. I'm in a great place. I don't ever want to go back. And he, you know, he calls himself, I don't know if this is an official term or not, but he calls himself one of the lucky ones that his sobriety is, it's not a fight for him. It's a pleasure for him, I guess. Is that fair? Yeah. I I mean, he has got some extremely close partners in his AA group, this is a tough thing you're going through. Call me first. They stuck by him like glue every day, every day. In, in his work, they all know he's sober, right? He, they, I mean, he says, look, I'm sober. That's the way he calls it. He doesn't say I'm an addict. He just says, I'm sober. And so everybody knows it. And, and so they were worried. And they said, take whatever time you need. Right. You know, but he said, when you asked him that question, he said, I've been asked like 16 or 17 people, 
And he said, I don't, I don't take offense to it at all. He said that. And then he tells his side of the story, which is really cool. Yeah. So was it always that way that you could be that direct Barb or was that difficult at first? Oh, here's the thing. I was the queen of enabling. I, everything he said, which was such a bucket of lies, I defended it. So direct, eh, I was directly defending lies. (laughs) So you were defending the disease unknowingly. Yes, Yes, ma'am. And then, you know, we we had uh, a a departure in our relationship over this, this same little girl who, who came to me. uh, She got her world um, turned upside down. That was early on in his sobriety. It it took, when you talk to him now, you realize that it took almost two or three years for some reason. And I don't understand this, but it took two or three years for him to really clear his brain so that he was maybe thinking straighter, I think. And so in the beginning, he used, when we were in the family program, one of the things we did is wrote a contract. It looked like we were three weeks into sobriety or almost towards the end of his time at Hazleton. Oh, I think it was right at the end. And we, and we wrote a contract that with him. And it was very specific on what we were going to do and what he was going to do. And and the contract within two or three weeks got busted. And so we did we did the tough love piece, you know, that we were taught in, in the family program and believe. And to this day, we have never veered from what we were taught. So even though he was sober in the beginning, it, it wasn't like, you know, I'm like he is today, 10 years later, I'm happy I'm sober. So then we got estranged. And then we got estranged, not only the two of us with him, but then uh, two of the other three kids were estranged from him for various reasons. One was one of our kids was um, out of town for all of it, was lived in a different place, joined the intervention by video, but really yeah, has never interacted, you know, with him. So she she was it was a little different. But so we were estranged for a period of time, and and so the grandkids became a weapon in the beginning, and. And as they got older, then they could do what they want, you know, and reach out to us and call us and talk to us. But, uh, right. you know, and over time, all that's passed. There's been lots of things that have happened that have allowed us to, uh, you know, come back together. And the, the one sibling was kind of like the last holdout of estrangement. And then when our grandson, you know, died and, um, you know, it really puts into perspective that life is short. and. We should forgive and forget and move forward. And and our oldest, Eric, is not the person that our other son thought he was 10 years ago. You know, I can understand why I thought that 10 years ago. But today he's a totally different guy. Of course. And so we were all together at Easter and we'll all be together for the first time this summer at the lake. And so it's it's been it's been a journey. I hope you enjoyed meeting Tom and Barb. We will continue our conversation on the next episode. An observation of this episode is the recovery journey. Family healing does not happen instantaneously. Recovery is not an on-off switch. The disease of addiction progresses over time, and recovery takes time and work. 
this family continues to do their recovery work. I want to thank my guests for their courage and vulnerability in sharing parts of their story. Please find resources on my website, embracefamilyrecovery.com. This is Margaret Swift Thompson. Until next time, please take care of you 